so we will do chapter 38 uh, miracle of the poor brahmin samardhana this chapter describes how gurunath make the food prepared from a couple uh, a person's akshaya and made it suffice it for a large samadhana uh, for thousands of people to be fed sumptuously. Siddha Yogi continued his narrative. The influx of devotees to Gangapur from Gurunath Darshan was increasing day by day. They used to offer bhiksha to Gurunath and they used to do samadhana, that is feeding a large number of people in the town on that occasion. Not a single day passed without the samadhana in the town of Gangapur. One day, a poor Brahmin by name of Bhaskar Raya came to Gangapur for see Narsimha Saraswati's darshan along with the intention of offering him bhiksha. But as he could not afford much, the provisions he had bought along with him for the purpose of bhiksha was scant and would hardly suffice for two to three people. He had Gurunath's darshan and requested him that though he was poor, he would be privileged if Gurunath accepted bhiksha from him too for on one fine day. To this, Gurunath gave no reply and kept silent. Thus Bhaskaraya uh, to remain at to remain at Gangapur hoping that Gurunath would accept his bhiksha someday. He used to stay in the mud itself and for his food he used to go to the Samadhana every day. The other Brahmin started criticizing and ridiculing him for it was not proper for a Brahmin to be taking his food daily at Samadhanas only. But the Brahmin had no other means. And he carried on like this for three four months, waiting for Srinarsimha Saraswati to talk to him and accept his bhiksha. Then one day in the morning, Gurunath did send for Bhaskaraya and told that he should prepare for the bhiksha that day. The Brahmin felt very happy. With the meager provisions that he had brought along with him, he started cooking food for the bhiksha, which should suffice for Gurunath and himself. Sri Narasimha Saraswati told all the Brahmins who came for the morning darshan not to leave the place, nor to go back to their homes without partaking of the food at the bhiksha and Samadhana which Bhaskaraya was going to do at the mat on that day. All the Brahmins thought that the Gurunath must have provided for the mutt all the provisions needed by the Brahmin for the Samadhana. See, Narsimha Saraswati then told the Brahmin to bring the food he had cooked and to place it before him. The Brahmin with great trepidation and embarrassment brought the scanty food. He had cooked and placed it before Sri Gurunath. Gurunath covered the vessels containing the food with the shawl. The Brahmin offered his worship to Gurunath. After the worship was over, Gurunath asked the Brahmin to start serving the food to all the assembled people. Brahmins, but keeping the vessel containing the food covered with the shawl. The Brahmin started serving and the food became akshaya, that is inexhaustible and undiminishing. Besides the Brahmins, people of all castes, their families and their children were also served food. Thereafter, Gurunath asked the Brahmin to take his food. The Brahmin was told to remove the shawl that was covering the food all along. The shawl was removed and lo, whatever food Bhaskaraya had cooked and what was in the vessel originally still remained. Bhaskaraya thanked Gurunath who asked him to feed dogs, crows, etc. for Bhuta Trupti and also offer it to the aquatic creatures that is fishes etc. in the river water. The little residual food still contained to uh, continue to remain undiminished. The small measure full of rice which the Brahmin had cooked could feed thousands of men and several other creatures too. Faith and grace can indeed wake, work wonders. Thus ends the 38th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing the poor Brahmin Samardhana. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-present Gurunath. Such a wonderful story it is, isn't it? Where the person who doesn't have any faith, you know, I should not say doesn't have any faith, he was wondering how can he feed so many people from the just the, that little rice or the thing he had cooked. But the faith in Guru is has to be the most important one. 
when the faith in the guru is there he covered it up with shawl and then this food was sufficient enough for everybody uh, this happens quite a lot of times when uh, it is uh, required so i think that is guru leela isn't it very very wonderful 39 so we'll do ashwatha vrata mahima today we will see if we can do two three chapters if we can okay because uh, i think they are, they are basically stories so ashwatha vrata mahima this chapter describes the birth of children to a barren woman past her 60s as a result of gurunath's blessing siddha muni continued narrating to namdarak the leelas of gurunath in gangapur there lived a brahmin named somnath sharma and his wife gangabai there was no child and therefore they were very unhappy when the woman is reached the age of 60 she felt a sense of sense of desolation and frustration in life gangabai used to visit the math daily and have the darshan of gurunath she used to perform aarti before him along with offering prayers she kept up his practice for years one day shri narsimha saraswati asked gangabai why she always looks so sad she told him that she was sad because she had no children and as she had no children all the women looked at her with contempt being childless she had lost her status as a grahini a house within without a child is like a dungeon or a barren desert there would be no joy in the house besides all the scriptures also proclaim that the doors of heaven are forever barred to childless couples and therefore life beyond also would be gloomy and joyless to them as life in this world and may perhaps be even far more worse she has seen how happy contented and joyous the women who had children were she had undertaken many fasts vigils and vratas and had also made many pilgrimages hoping that she would be able to earn the merit to be blessed with a child but all her prayers and vigils turned futile and now that she had crossed her 60s there was no hope at all for her to have having a children that is why she was always seized with despair and gloom sri narsimha saraswati looking at her with great deep compassion and told her not to lose hope at all he told her to visit the sangam daily and offer her worship and single minded devotion to the ashwatha tree there he assured her that ashwatha tree would certainly fulfill her desire A woman prayed to Sri Narasimha Saraswati to enlighten her on the Ashwatthama Mahima. Gurunath said that he would narrate to her what Brahma Dev told Narada Rishi about Ashwatthama Mahima. At the foot of the Ashwatthama tree lived all the deities, including Brahma Dev. It is indeed the Kalva Vriksha. When the Rishis requested Narada to teach them the Achar Vidhi regarding the worship of the Ashwatthama tree, Narada Muni enlightened them on the following instructions. The worship of the Ashwatthama tree should be started on an auspicious day, the day on which there is no moon, that is Chandrabal, the day on which Shukra is not on the ascent, especially during the month of Ashad, Paush, Chaitra, are not auspicious days for beginning the Ashwatthama worship. The worship is to begin in the morning. The worshipper should take a bath first, then place two kalashas filled with water near the tree. Worship is to be offered with two kalashas while reciting the Purusha Sutta. This is to be done seven times, and then they should take a bath again. After this, Lord Vishnu, as Dutt, holding the divine weapon in his six hands, has to be remembered, and homage has to be paid to him. Okay. Then a cloth or thread is to be wrapped around the tree, and the pradakshana is to be done around the tree while reciting the Puruksha Sutra again. This uh, pradakshana. is equivalent to pradakshana around the supreme purusha lord vishnu the virat purush himself it would sanctify the worshippers completely expiating all his her sins conferring immense spiritual benefit 
besides material prosperity. Thereafter, every day Ganga Bai used to go to Sangam, take a bath in the holy river of the confluence there, and then offer her worship to the Ashwatha tree. On the third night in her dream, a Brahmin appeared and told her to go to the mud and do seven predictions around uh, Gurunath himself and to eat whatever prasad Gurunath would give her. Next day, she did accordingly. Gurunath gave her two fruits as prasad and told her that a son and a daughter would be born to her before long. Two beautiful children, a boy and a girl were born to her as per Gurunath's blessing and the Brahmin couple was immensely happy. Thus ends the 39th chapter of Sri Guru Charitra. Glory to the Aas Merciful the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Gurunath. Ashwatha tree is mentioned also many a times in different different texts. Uh, there is a tree which uh, is mentioned even in the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita says the tree is upside down. Actually, the, the, the thing which we call the tree is, is literally there in literally all the religions in this world. You will find that it is mentioned as the eternal tree, the perennial tree, the tree of life, all these other names that it has been given. What actually it means is the Ashwatha tree which is upside down inside our body. It is nothing but what we call as a tree of life. Why is the heaven closed for childless? See, uh, the Grahastha. Grahastha is a person who, even in Christianity there is something which is mentioned that you have to be a family man and you need to create children. That is called the completion of this material worldly task. You have been sent as a material worldly person to complete the task of being a material worldly person. That means having children, so on and so forth. Uh, Raj is sending me an invite. So can you just tell her, can you just send her? Okay. Just send her the invite or something like that. Ah. So what happens is, for the material worldly people, we are not talking about the spiritual kind, okay? We are talking about purely material worldly people. They have come in this material world for the purpose of having children. So that their they growth happens, they, that means there is a, you go ahead in time. And because you are creating children, what happens is the future and the future generations are brought to life. And that is the reason why it has to be, the couple has to be having children. Yes, there are certain children, there are no, some certain uh, couples which are childless. Now, there is no, no point in saying that uh, there is, why they are childless and so on and so forth. They are childless because of certain reasons, because based on the karma. If karma is that way. Now, the karma is saying that you need to do something about it. And that is the reason why you need to continue in that particular manner. Okay. And they are supposed to have, so they will have. It's the Guru's grace over here which gave them the children. That is why the Ashwatha tree is there. It is uh, some means, by means, you know, something. I take this fruit, eat this fruit, do this, do that. The Guru may say something which has no, actually if you look at it, it has no value. You will say, okay, he will give you one mango and he will say, okay, eat the mango and you will have children. Now there will be others also who may eat the mango, doesn't happen to them, but to only these people. So you will wonder what is the meaning of all that. It is the Sankalpa. The Sankalpa is extremely important. That is the reason why it is mentioned over there. Do, we'll do chapter 40. Deadwood grows into tree by Guru's grace. This chapter describes the miracle of fresh leaves sprouting out of the piece of deadwood 
and the cure of leprosy of a Brahmin by name Narahari by the grace of Gurunath. Gurunath gives an illustration of the forest couple and narrates how their steadfast faith was rewarded. Siddhamuni continued his narrative to Namdhara. Gurunath was the reliever of all ills. He was Bhagwan Dhanvantri. Dhanvantri is the one who cures people, who gives, uh, he is uh, basically a medicine man or medicine Buddha type. Okay. There lived a Brahmin named Narahari Sharma who was suffering from leprosy. He came to Sri Narasimha Saraswati to pray to him to be relieved of the dreadful disease. He related to him how the disease had made him a virtual outcast and what misery it had brought on him. He said he was disgusted with life and had decided to end his life, but hoping that Gurunath might save him. He had come to visit him. Gurunath was like a mother to all. The Brahmin's plight moved him with pity. Sri Narasimha Saraswati told the Brahmin that he had committed many sins in the former life and his ailment in this life was a result of those past sins. However, he said, he should be relieved of the disease and should follow his Gurunath's instructions. At this juncture, a man came over there carrying outumber branches, which are almost dead and dry. The branches had been cut about five years ago. Gurunath took the wood from the man and gave it to the Brahmin. He told the Brahmin to go to the Bhima Amraja Sangam and plant it on the bank there. He should then take a bath and offer worship to it. He should have a second dip in the water, fill the tumbler with water and water the plant, planted outumber wood. He should water it thrice every day. The wood would sprout and put forth fresh leaves in the course of time. No sooner that the wood was put forth, it would, he would be rid of his disease and would become... Who is that? Somebody is Oh, Santil said that he is going out somewhere. Yeah. Oh, cha 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 cha. Because he's, he's, he wrote to me that he has to go for some driving lessons or something, something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, no sooner was the wood foot, uh, put forth, it would be rid of the disease and would become completely well. The Brahmin started on a, as per the above instructions with the implicit devotion and faith in Gurunath's words. Some of the people told Gurunath about the great faith with which the Brahmin has been watering the dead wood. It was over a month since the Brahmin had planted the wood and had started watering every day. They said that the people were making fun of the Brahmin calling him mad and absolutely foolish to be watering a dead wood, believing it would go grow and put forth leaves. The Brahmin had become but a, uh, but become a butt of ridicule in the town. Listening to them, Gurunath told them that there was nothing that the faith could not achieve. He narrated the story of the forest man Shabari, who had been narrated by Sutumuni to the Rishi to illustrate the power of faith. A faith is the most ultimate weapon, isn't it, in the hands of the devotee. Once upon a time, there was a king named Simhaketu, who was a ruler of Panchalnagar. He had a son named Dhananjay. Once the prince went to the forest for hunting. He was one of the forest men, Shabari, as his guard during the night. The prince was very tired and stopped for rest at the place. At a place. Meanwhile, the forest man, wandering around, sighted an attractive stone. He picked it up and brought it and showed to the prince. The prince told him that it was Shivlinga and explained to him about the Shivlinga Mahima. He advised that Shabri, the Shabri, that since he, the Shabri, had found, he should take it home and start worshipping it. He also told him how to do the worship. Bilva leaves are dear to Shiva. You should therefore worship it with bilva leaves and flowers. Incense is to be burnt, oil lighted, oil lamp lighted and chittabhasma that is ash to be offered to the Shivalinga as chittabhasma is more dear to the Lord. That is to Shiva. The Shabari 
took the prince's instruction as a guru upadesh and he and his wife started following it with immense faith one day they could not find chittabhasma in their world worship this abhi told the wife that is they could not let the shivalinga go without chittabhasma he would burn his body and she should make the offering of that chittabhasma to the lord and complete the worship his wife however offered to burn herself instead sabri said that she was too young and hardly seen life as she would she should not end her life when he was there but his wife was not convinced and said that the life was anyway like a bubble and age would not be of no real consideration in the chittabhasma if the chittabhasma of the body could serve an offering to the lord what greater opportunity could ever be for this human birth seeing a determination at the time of the worship was passing away sabri had to consent and let her burn herself she went into the hut and he set fire to it from outside he took the chittabhasma in his hand was preparing to do the offering as per his habit obsessed with the worship and forgetting for the moment that his wife was no more he called out to his wife by name asking her to join him in the making the chittabhasma offering shiva was very much moved with the devotion the spirit of sacrifice and their matchless faith in him he gave back the woman her life so in answer to the call of her husband who had called her forgetfully she rushed out to join him in the offering the only thing she remembered was that when the hut was set on fire she felt overwhelmed by sleep and was not aware of anything she heard the call of her husband which is to say woke her up from the sleep and she rushed to him lord shiva appeared before them and blessed them gurunath very much appreciated the brahmin's faith in the gurunath's words and the implicit faith in which he was following them Thereafter, Sri Narasimha Saraswati set out towards Sangam for his daily routine and rituals. On the way, the Brahmin saw him and offered him obeisance unto him. Guru Nanak sprinkled water from his kamandalu on the outer wood, which the Brahmin was watering daily. No sooner had Guru Nanak sprinkled water that new leaves sprouted out from the wood, and the dead wood changed into a live, healthy growing tree. The Brahmin's body too became clean and rid of the disease. The Brahmin fell at the feet of Guru Nanak. pouring out his gratitude and singing praises to him o lord my dear beloved gurunath how much you love your devotee seated under the ashwatthama tree you are only waiting to welcome your bhaktas and to shower your blessings on them you so readily grant them all the boons and give them all happiness your effulgence and luster outshines the light of crores of moons thou the son of atri and anusuya and whose name you are as dutta how beautiful you are how charming you look for the garlands hanging down on your body just as ankush alone can control the tame wild elephants so also devotion to your feet and your grace alone can control the wayward mind of men being chased wildly by the shadripas the six inner enemies i bow down to you my dear gurunath o the master of five elements o shri vallabh vallabhesh nayak o the lotus eye the lotus feet are my sole refuge pray never forsake me the brahmin offered elaborate worship to gurunath He performed samadhana. Sri Guru Nanak was very much pleased with the Brahmin's intense devotion. He named him Yogesh. He taught him the Vidya Saraswati mantra. He asked the Brahmin to go to the house and to bring his wife and children to live at Gangapur. The Brahmin did accordingly and thereafter constantly stayed with Guru Nanak, serving him most devotedly. Thus ends the fortieth chapter of Sri Guru Charitra. Glory of the All Merciful, the Omnipresent, and the Ever Responsive Guru Nanak. so ah uh, we have come to the uh, i think <laughs> we are literally closing on to the end very fast isn't it so we are uh, now at chapter 40 now 41 and a few more chapters from now and that will end
so i think we will stop over here because it is becoming to three, three chapters at a time so the last mahima that is there is of the of the tree which was not supposed to come into the picture but actually comes into the picture by the grace of the guru it happens because of faith alone and that is what is that is what can take us ahead in our life if you have any questions you can ask me otherwise we'll stop over here